And the day of Pentecost is a day when we remember and celebrate and freshly remind ourselves of that very same power that exists today. It's never waned. It's never been diluted. It's never over the generations become less significant. The Holy Spirit has not got old. He's not got tired. He's not worn himself out. He's not given away all his gifts and hasn't any left for people today. The Holy Spirit, he is as powerful now. Because we can say the same about the Spirit, who's the third member of the Trinity, triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Jesus says in Hebrews, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And let's read a few verses from Acts 2. This is not going to be a 40-minute sermon, so don't worry. 37 minutes. No, this is just a thought in our response and conclusion. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had arrived. I love that. When it arrived. When it arrived. Have you ever waited patiently for something? Do you remember those days when you were a child and Christmas was like a month away? Do you remember the anticipation the night before? And then it arrived. A lot of arrivals are fairly predictable. There are others. I remember when we were expecting each of our children. You sort of want to keep your diaries flexible for like a few weeks either side because you, you've done the prep, but you're not quite sure when it's going to happen. But it said here, when the day of Pentecost had arrived. Now we know, reading the story, that it arrived. I wonder what the disciples felt. I wonder how in that upper room, where they had no idea of timeline, how long they thought they were going to be there for. They didn't know. They didn't know if it was going to be hours. In fact, the previous words, Jesus, wait in Jerusalem, and I will send the Holy Spirit. And then they get to Jerusalem, they get to the upper room, and they're praying. Okay, God, when? It's been an hour and a half now. When? Two hours. When? I found over the years that the timing of the Lord rarely, rarely matches my expectation. But I found every time that as I've surrendered and submitted to the process, that I'm always able to look back and see he had the right time and my expectations didn't. But I wonder whether some of us, if we'd been in that upper room, 
we might have started getting a little bit edgy about the way time was progressing. Maybe there were things we had to attend to. I wonder if some of the evangelistically wired people in the room were like, we need to get out there, guys. Come on, let's just do it. We remember what Jesus said. Let's go and do it. Shepherding people would have been thinking, we need to get some food for these people in this room. Teachers are saying, you know, this is the words of Jesus. Prophets, when is it going to happen? Don't know. When? But I guarantee you, when God speaks, the day arrives. Always arrives. But there are some conditions. We have to be in the place of faith. I think if they'd slunk off to Tesco Express, if they'd found other things to do, if they'd abandoned their posts because of disappointment, they would have missed it. I always remember as a teenager going to a big Christian conference and some friends were with me and the service was going on a bit, to be honest. And we had people to see, things to do, girls to chat up. My friends did. <laughs> and I was convinced by them that we should leave the meeting. I think I might have been part of the convincing group as well, to be honest. So we sat in the cafe area, just lounging around, chilling with me mates. Where's everyone else? We felt like we were leaving during the last song. Where is everybody? No one. No one around. It's been 20 minutes. Where is everybody? What's going on? And then about three quarters of an hour later, people started pouring into the cafe, buzzing. What's, what's happened? They said, oh, wasn't that incredible? What? Wasn't what incredible? A healing. Do you see that girl with no eyes in her sockets? Did you see her get healed? That was amazing. Oh, I missed it. Because I was chilling with me mates. When the day of Pentecost had arrived. And there's a song that William Booth, I believe, was the author of. He said, we need another Pentecost. Send the fire today. I get the sentiment of the song, but the reality is we don't need another Pentecost. We just need to posture ourselves, position ourselves in faith, and know that the Spirit has arrived. He's here. And in this season the most profound and the most significant thing that you and I can do is to go through the detail of our lives and if there's anything that's not posturing your life in faith to be in the place where God wants you at the time God wants you there, it's time to get rid 
do away with, move on from. Because they were together in one place, with one heart. And I'm not going to give any more commentary other than to say that this was a special feast that there would have been many people in Jerusalem. It's a big courtyard area outside the temple. Could have held about 72,000 people. It was a big area. Lots of people gathered from lots of different places. And these disciples weren't outside with the others. See, this was a festival that celebrated the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai. Previous to that, it was a celebration of the first fruits of the summer harvest. So there were many people there in this place. That's why in the later part of the story, we see there are people from all over. I love the scenario of similarities here. That the giving of the Torah was 50 days after the Israelites were brought out of Egypt. 50 days. The day of Pentecost was 50 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus. I love that the law took life. In fact, on that day, you remember when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the tablets? Do you remember what the people were doing? They'd made a golden calf. Do you remember what Moses did with the tablets? He broke them. And do you remember there was a plague that came on the people? How many people died that day? 3,000. How many people on the day of Pentecost found life? 3,000. You see, God makes all things new. The law brought death, but the Spirit brings life. And he sets, our, sets us free. I love that in the timing of God, there's no accident. God wasn't hanging around thinking, oh, I'm going to wait for a few moments, just keep them waiting. God's got perfect timing. Perfect timing. Throughout history, we see that. We see during Passover, that Jesus fulfilled the Passover. Passover was that celebration of extracting, being extracted from Egypt, and Jesus fulfilled that. We see how God, through his spirit, brought life. There's no accidents in the timing of God. When it arrived. This evening, I'm going to look at the overflow of what arrived. We're going to look at tongues, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be praying for people along those lines. But you and I, temples of the Spirit of God. Let's stand together, shall we? The law reminded people that they couldn't attain to what God called them to, but the Spirit sets us free. Later in the book of Acts, Luke, the writer, says, in him we live and move and have our being. He's our everything. He is our everything. Temples of the Spirit. He's not coming just to give you a warm, fuzzy feeling in worship. He's not come just to give you a gift of tongues. He has come to empower you with heaven's authority and rule. He's come to give His church that spirit that's full of life. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
Church, it's time to live in the freedom of being filled with the Spirit of God. No longer be bound by the chains of the past. No longer live in Egypt. No longer live subject to the condemnation of the law. But the Spirit brings life. Holy Spirit, thank you for filling your people. Come and fill us afresh. Fill these temples with your glory, O Lord, we pray. That we might honor you with all of our lives. As Nita prayed, may our minds, O God, be filled with the Spirit. May our thoughts be inspired and captivated by the Spirit. May freedom rule in our minds. May our words be words that are filled with the life of the Spirit. No more discouragement coming out of mouths. No more attacking others coming out of mouths. No more backbiting coming out of mouths. No more bitterness coming out of mouths. But our words will be words of life because they breathe by the Spirit of God. May our eyes see by faith, we pray. May the Spirit of God fix our eyesight that we will not no longer walk by sight, but by faith. May our hearing, O God, listen to the voice of the Spirit that we might perceive the whispers and the shouts of the Spirit. Lord, His hands. May they be Your hands. May His feet be Your feet. We don't want to just be temples that are removed and remote, but temples that are embracing the world around us with the presence of the Lord. And above all else, God, our hearts, oh God. Come, Holy Spirit. As the church comes out, full of the strength and the empowerment of the Lord, unapologetic. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed when people say, these people are drunk on new wine. Lord, may your people be filled with the joy and the presence and the power and the life of the Lord this week. May we set other lives free by being your hands and feet. And so, Lord, we consecrate this new season, this new journey of the church before you. It's more than just a change of time, Lord. We believe in some ways that it's a bit like when Moses struck the rock and water flowed over the past few years, Lord. We've sensed the miracle of water flowing. But Lord, we sense that you've asked us for, not because it's any better, because you've asked us, we want to obey. You've asked us now to speak to it. You've asked us to do things differently. And we consecrate it to you. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit's saying. And may we fall on our faces in utter obedience to you, we pray. In the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah.